Ramble. The weirdest thing about me personally, I am at my least nervous and most comfortable with myself on camera. You won't even get a job at Smosh with a face tattoo of Smosh. No, no. <laughs> Smosh right across the forehead. Oh my God. So did I get it? <laughs> when you're in a relationship, both sides have to feel compelled to do the next step. He's not taking the next step. He's not feeling compelled to do it. You can never, ever, ever force him to do it. That's not and romantic. I've, and I've this done that. This is like fuckboy Ian right yeah, here. Like, right? like the most romantic thing I, I've done is sometimes I fuck really good. <laughs> It has nothing to do with fucking good. And I'll I'll flash you. Yeah, flash me. The Damien Damien's fans have the craziest handles for sure. Mm. Well, you used to too. Like I, I used to see a lot. I don't see them as often. Damien's the hot new boy. Mine on, were, on but, the mine, crew, but mine, but so. mine were like puns. It'd be like Shane Top Hat. Damien's yeah. are like. It's like five paragraphs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Damien is an angel sent from heaven above. <laughs> literally, it's more like that. Mine were never like that. It was like Shane Top Hat. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a special Smosh Cast, Smosh Advice, Advice Cast, Advisory <laughs> episode. Advisory. All the advice, <laughs> all the time. Um, today, I'm joined by a certified advice expert professionals Sarah Whittle Hello. and Shane Top. Yep, we got our certification from yep. the University of Phoenix. <laughs> advice giving is was our major. Yep. It's a bachelor of science weirdly enough. Yeah. 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 That sounds like some BS. <laughs> Never heard that one before. Oh, oh good. Cuz you have a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that sound so insulting? But it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was all. just like the tone that you had said that in. It felt, I was like, should I be hurt right now? Sorry, Probably because you have a dad. <laughs> let me try that again. Because you have a dad. Yay. Yeah. Uh, so so we reached out to you guys and we found uh, we asked you guys to to send us your your questions if you were looking for advice on all sorts of things and we're gonna be here to to answer some of them. So uh, let's let's start off light because you know there's. You guys asked some some pretty deep stuff, so let's let's start off with the light one. And this is a little bit self-serving. Uh, they said, "What's each of your favorite merch item?" This is from Gosh Grossman. Oh, Ooh. merch. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Do you want to go first, Shane? Sure. I have a couple. I mean, obviously the the "You're My Favorite Pizza Place" T-shirt, one of the original ones that we threw out this year. It just is. It's just really cool, and uh, it was interesting to see a joke that I'd made get to be something that people liked. Uh, it was really fascinating. And then of recently, uh, I do actually think the hoo-hoo beanie is just very the cool. The so our cool. Last, our yeah. last line is all of it, I think, is legitimately very cool. I think, honestly, every everything that we've dropped, except for maybe the I Helped t-shirt, which was my idea, <laughs> has been has been like l- super litty. I think I think we've just been killing it. I agree, I agree. I think like back in the day of Defy, we didn't really have like any say or control as to like what the merch was. So it was very like, like kind of like the Ikea of uh, merch. It was just very like, this is what it is. And it's just like, this is the creativity stopped here. With us being kind of a smaller operation this time, everyone can be involved and everyone can be uh, yeah, like put their little artistic touch on it. It's really, really cool. The merch didn't feel uh, connected to us in any mm-hmm. sort of way back at Defy. I was like, oh, th- that's that thing that someone else is selling. 
Whereas now it's like, oh yeah, this this merch represents us. It didn't before. Now it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the hoo hoo beanie, and I also really really love the sweatsuit jogger set we came out with Mm -hmm. initially we were just a little backstory initially we were just going to do the joggers because we loved we did joggers a couple years ago and everyone still wears those so we wanted to come out with um new joggers and when we saw the sample i was like hey let's do a hoodie too because it's very on trend to have Mm -hmm. like a matching hoodie and jogger and me personally i love like any outfit that matches Mm because it's the like when you're tired Mm -hmm. in the morning you just throw it on and it looks put together. So that's like definitely one of my favorites too. Yeah. That's something that strangely the the merch company that we work with, like they kind of like strangely advised against matching sets. They're like, yeah, people don't really like to buy Like they like to buy like a, like a, a varied thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the matching set totally made sense. And, and I think we're seeing people are, people are enjoying it. Yeah. Um, it's so fun. Yeah. The hoo hoo beanie, there's something about it. That's just hot. <laughs> I like it. It's hot. It's yeah. hot. I'm I'm a big fan of it. We sold out of them like almost immediately. Yeah, I think ten hours. Yeah, ten hours, Jeez. twelve hours, yeah. ten hours. So we're like them beanies. Yeah. So we're trying to get we're trying to get some more for the holiday season. We might like the supplier that has that color and that type of beanie. Like it's it's they don't have a lot of them, so we might have to go for a different color that's for fine. a little bit. Well, I think that's um, totally fine. But I think. There's just something about it that's really cool. I, I I think we could come out with more hoo-hoo things. I'm mm-hmm. sure Courtney would love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it is it is kind of interesting because like the – wait, this isn't even an advice question I just realized. Yeah, I know. When you when you said it, I, I know we talked about it earlier, but when you said it, I was like, this is not advice. Yeah, this is just, this is just us promoting our merch. Our advice is to buy our merch. <laughs> yeah, that's our <laughs> advice. Smosh.store. Let's get on to some actual advice. Maybe. Anyways, let's move on to the actual advice question. How can I subscribe to, to the call. channel <laughs> and uh, how do I hit that notification bell and – no, we're here to give you any kinds of advice. So yeah. on on Twitter, we asked like last week, love, career, mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I said your Cold Stone Creamery order, um, whatever you wanted. So so that's what we grabbed today. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip one real quick and go to one that's I want to I want to ease us into some some you know real hardcore questions. So let's see. So Delirious Haas asked. <laughs> <laughs> How do you save money? And then they give like kind of like a sad face and then a hand. I don't know quite what that means, but um, sad face and hand like uh, they're disappointed. Like, like a, mm, they're like, mm, girl, I'm bad. I think so. How do you save money? Uh, I'm very bad at saving money, but um, yeah, I, it's necessary. I would say first of all, if you are young, if you have a job. Start a 401k immediately. Mm-hmm. Everyone's everyone older than me at the time, 10 years ago, said it's free money. And to you, that just makes no sense at all. But if your job offers a 401k, this is super boring answer. But if your it's job true. offers a 401k um, deal and they a lot of companies do matching. So if you took mm-hmm. like 3% of your salary and you put it away in a 401k, they will match up to a certain point. Some places do that. If you do that, do that. Like if they are like, we'll only give 5%, then do 5% of yours. Then you're getting 10% of your salary every year into savings. And I know in my first job that I got offered 401k it's still going and I don't I haven't worked there for 
five, six, seven years, but it's still building money. And it, it is free money because I might have started out with like two, three thousand when I left the job and now it's at like fifteen thousand. Yeah. So the earlier you start or ideally in your early twenties, then you know, you'll have all that savings for yeah. when you retire. I'm kicking myself in the ass right now because we offer a four oh one K here at Smosh and I have not still signed up. Uh, I know nope. it's so stupid. I think, you know, even if you don't have a 401k, a lot of these 401ks are very similar, I think, to um, mutual funds, which is sort of like a, it's, uh, they spread your money out across a lot of different stocks. So it's not like, you know, a lot of people, like they invest, if they want to invest in a stock market, they're going to be like, okay, like I want to invest in like Coca-Cola or something. But like a mutual fund is basically just like a fund that that basically spreads your money out into a bunch of stuff. You can yep. tell them like... You know, if you have a financial advisor or somebody, like you say, like, oh, I want to go to like a, a a medium risk mutual fund. So and then they'll put your things into things that might be a little bit risky, and then some things that are more like a sure bet that won't. You know, low risk means basically low reward, most likely. High risk means potential for high reward, but also that company could crash and burn, and then you could lose your money. But the mm-hmm. great thing about mutual funds is that it's spread out across a bunch of different companies. So it'll grow money over time, mm-hmm. but it won't it won't make you rich tomorrow. But that's not really the goal of a mutual fund. Like if you look historically at mutual funds, basically the goal is you throw money in there as early as you possibly can yes. in your life and you continue to add to it. And by the time you potentially retire at 60 or something, that money has grown beyond something that you could possibly imagine. It's it's super important. That's what my dad, who's uh, an accountant, always kind of hammered into me. And, and I started a mutual fund with, you know, with his advice, like when I was very, very young. And it's done, it's done well for me so far. And I'm only, I'm only, you know, 30, I'm almost 32. Well, I guess by the time this comes out, I will be 32. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I still got, I still got 60 years till I will probably ever look to really touch it. So 60, 30, 30, you're going to be 90. You're going to be 90 when you touch that thinking, retirement. Thinking, yeah, well, he's banking on he's like, Elon Musk to old. make that, <laughs> yeah. you know, cyber body that he can, <laughs> he yeah. can but I think, hop into. I think like the, you know, even, even with the sort of like how a 401k works of like taking a small amount of your, of your earnings and putting it away. Like you could just do that on your own. And I do that as well. I do a Roth IRA, which takes money out too. Um, The just great thing about the 401k is because your job is involved and hopefully they're matching. And that the 401k in particular is probably not a high risk Mm -hmm. um, type of savings account. But since you're starting in your early 20s, the interest that it's going to grow over the next like 40 years is is exponential, especially if you started at 30. That 10 years doesn't seem like a lot because you're not making that much money. You're probably not saving that much, but it does make a big, big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and what about a- every day? Like this is well, all the like super know, nerdy crap. Well, this is also for people who are, a lot of you listening might be too young or you're making minimum wage, which is you're probably not offered a 401k. You're probably not making enough to start those big savings accounts or whatever, and it takes time to get to that, which is unfortunate that that's the situation. But uh, I think for me, an on-the-ground way of really saving money is learning how to cook and cooking mm-hmm. your own food. Mm-hmm. It is astounding how much money we end up spending going out or ordering food 
every month. It, it, it'll be like, sometimes I've checked and I'm like, God, it's, it's absurd mm-hmm. compared to everything else. And obviously you don't have to stop going out eating or whatever, but it's just like, if you can be the majority of the time cooking your own food, you will save so much money. The importance of a pregame before going to the bar <laughs> will save you a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Or just don't go to a bar. Don't go to a bar ever. But if I, you do, make sure you tip your bartenders. Don't save that money by not tipping your bartenders <laughs> true, and dicks. True, true, true. And then I do think making a budget like mm-hmm. yes, and just, just holding Sticking yourself to, to that and keeping track of all your money will help you. And if you... You know, even even when you're not making that much money, if you can just be putting away a small percentage mm-hmm. of it, that will add up over time. And I think also, too, is like, you know, we're all in the age of like treat yourself and self-care and everything like that. I think that's very important to do, but also know what's in your means. So if if you're like self-caring and buying clothes every day, like I used to when I was younger, your money will go away very, very quickly. And so trying to see when you can treat yourself, but maybe you go to happy hour instead of going to a regular menu price thing. And then you're already like, you know, dollar oysters versus $3 oysters. You know, you can treat yourself (laughs) on a price with a happy hour menu. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for, for those that are, you know, running like a like a small business kind of thing like you 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 have like your little small business whether it's like an Etsy thing and you you have mm-hmm. like an LLC mm-hmm. or something like that like uh, writing off mileage is insane like it's it's so you like you don't realize like if if you can like attribute every like sort of like drive out to get like supplies or whatever like say you're a YouTube channel and, you know, you have an LLC with that. Like, wherever you're going, anything related to business, you can write off that mileage. And mm-hmm. that adds up crazy, like, crazy amount. Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember what the what the mileage write-offs right now. I think it's, like, 50 cents, somewhere, 40, yeah, 50, something sure like that. Either. But, um, yeah, 50 cents a mile, something like that. I will say, just as a last point, and then we can go to the next one. Mm. When I really had to save money because I was moving from Arizona to L.A., I did, like, buckle down for a year, and I did get a second and a third job. So I was working, like, a full-time job um, producing TV, and then I was waitressing, like, three or four nights a week, and everything that – and then I also was, like, auditioning for other side projects, too. Any money that I didn't make from my, like, nine to five, I immediately put in the bank, and that was, like, the easiest way. And I just knew it was a temporary thing. I was like, this one year, I'm going to buckle down. I'm not going to have that much of a social life. I did also get a discount because I worked at a bar. So it was great all around. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I was able to move out to LA. I think it also says something that setting goals actually has, it helps because then you can be, if you, you have hold to be on that grind, you know, it's temporary. You see a light at the mm-hmm, end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not sure of that goal too, I think it's good to even be setting goals like, if you're like, okay, this is the career I'm heading towards. I'm not sure if that's what I want to do, but it's like until you figure out there's something else that you want to do more, just be working towards yeah. that yep. just to yeah. give you that motivation and to know it's not forever because um, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening that are in a bind right yeah. now. And yeah, yeah I, was, I, would, I would go to work at 6 a.m. I would stay there till 4 or 5, and then I would go and close a bar at 1 a.m. It's the American dream, and, working multiple jobs. And that's what I was doing, and I'd just dump all that money there because I just needed to make money faster to, like, get out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's certainly not fair that so many people are in that situation. No. But it's unfortunately the reality that we're in. So for the time being, 
you got to do what you got to do. Like for Hustlers. real, until things yeah. change, you got to, you got to just push through, game, yeah. you know? But also I guess it's like, yeah. It's all a balancing act. I mean, yeah. It, it's also like know your worth. If you think you're being exploited, like stand up. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't being exploited. I just I, needed more money. <laughs> I, think, I think that is a thing too, yeah. but don't be afraid of change because a lot of people probably uh-huh. think they're in situation. Uh-huh. And a lot of you might be, but a lot of you probably think you're in a situation where you're like, I can't change. But it's like you, you, you can. can. You you just think, like look around and, and really break down your situation and see mm-hmm. if it is possible. You know? And obviously like, yes, we realize we're saying this from a privileged position. But, right. But like really, like we've all we've all – been able to look back on previous things that we've done and said, oh, like I did have more worth than mm-hmm. that. Like when mm-hmm. I worked at Chuck E. Cheese and I got <laughs> I got a raise after a year of 25 cents, I was like, no, I could have I could have asked for more. Yeah. Like it would cost them more to try to retrain somebody back into to, to replacing me. Yeah. So it's yeah, just just know your worth. Because Chucky was making bank, bank. Chucky and he was, was making... just the animatronic in the band. <laughs> yeah, and they were just throwing money at it. Yeah, it was like J Lo in that movie Hustlers. Oof. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so I liked that movie for the first fifteen minutes. I haven't seen it. Usher shows up. Oh, anyway, no. Usher. Now I gotta see it. <laughs> so, at Blacklist Candy said uh, they asked, uh, "How does one survive college?" So, Sarah, you're the only one that went to a real four <laughs> four year college. I went to a community college in person for a little bit, and I went to did a community college campus? in person Didn't as well. Live on, you don't live on campus at community. College I did. Usually, really, I had to get the fuck out of my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I need to. I didn't get know out that. I didn't know that you house. could. Yeah, you could. Um, we had like a dorm in, in our Oh, that's oh interesting. Yeah. How was that? It was fun. I became an RA, so I didn't have to pay rent either. So nice. um, it was pretty fun. I don't think I was that good of an RA, but that's just because I mind my own business. So <laughs> I wasn't like, let's all do crafts together and decorate our doors. Was, was that back in your chill. Was that back in your in your home state? In Wyoming, yes. Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So your I, dorm mate I, was a moose. <laughs> 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 That's interesting because, like, yeah, they didn't have dorms at my community college. I really? didn't know. If, I didn't know of any com- I don't, community colleges that had. Dorms. I didn't think that they did. I so think maybe the reason because that, maybe it's a Wyoming thing. Well, it's a Wyoming thing because Wyoming's really ho- trying to hold on to their people, Ooh, and so yeah. they even had like a scholarship that if you stayed in in college at any of the colleges, I think there are three, like two community in one state. That might be wrong. But if you stayed, you would get a certain amount of money every semester. So that's also why I stayed. They're just paying you to be like, please just exactly. stay here. That's exactly it. So Your anthropology teacher was just a tree, <laughs> just a pine tree. It's just like, just listen. <laughs> it was it was very educational, that tree. Um, but yeah, I think they were trying to get people to stay. So a lot of, since there are so few community colleges, people who lived seven, eight hours away, still lived in Wyoming, but they had to go to school in Cheyenne. So That's fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. Do yeah. they do a lot of like foreign exchange? Type? They did. Yeah, they did. They did do a lot of that. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I went to a two-year college. I stayed in a dorm there. And then I went to New York and I went to a four-year college and I stayed in a dorm there as you well. You went from Wyoming <laughs> to New York City. Yes. That's good. I had my sights set on the city. <laughs> Was that crazy at first? Um, I loved it. I'm a military brat, so, oh, so you moved, I thrive no, 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 off you, of change. Okay, so I'm you like, moved around. You weren't mm-hmm. like, yeah. you didn't just grow up just in Wyoming. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, and I'm very extroverted and everything like that, which is why this question's great because um, college is a fun time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very intense. But I think, like, how do you, what was it? How do you survive college? How does one survive college? I think, honestly, my biggest, biggest, biggest piece of advice for surviving college is finding your group. Mm-hmm. And it's luckily with college, it's a lot easier than it is in the real life. Because you're yep. like, hey, I like TV. Hey, I like theater. Hey, I like sports. Hey, I like drawing. You can find those so easily in college because they have clubs, they have classes, they have whatever. So I think that's the most important thing. And also realize, you know, if you're a freshman going in, everyone else is a freshman and they're kind mm-hmm. of fresh there too. And and so it's like it, you do kind of have to like tap into your side of like making friends and reaching out. But some of my closest friends are still from the four-year college I went to because yeah. we all just – we did a sketch comedy thing together it was so much fun improv that that really says something like if you feel that you aren't being accepted by people or that you don't belong it could be that and it's obviously this is just a possibility that you could be seeking approval from a group that you just don't feel like in, don't yeah. that you just don't have a lot in common with and maybe you should need to be more improving of the people who are more like you mm-hmm. and yeah it's interesting but it's true in college there's everybody's there like there is everybody but also if if college and high school are a bad time it's important to remember that like there's so much life after it and it's so different after it yeah yeah but it is it is really the 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 time that you're most like submerged with other people your age yeah and it is yeah it's it's a it's a great experience and and you won't quite get the same chance to sort of like form a, a community or like form a friendship with somebody. Cause it's, it's a little bit harder in adulthood because <laughs> it's like, it's very, hard. It's, 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 it's very strange. And I haven't quite figured out how to make friends like outside of like the people that I just know in my sort of like, you know, the YouTube space. Right. And, like, well, the and that's why when I moved out here, I, I, it was four years ago, I would do meetup.com. Yeah. So meetup.com was like kind of like the college clubs of you adults. You really are such an extrovert. <laughs> like you really are. I'm becoming are. more of an introvert, which is very interesting to me. But yeah, at the time I was like, I have no friends in LA. I, I want friends. I need a social life. I need to create a life out here. And so I literally went to a happy hour. <laughs> you know? That's cool. And yeah. that's where I met my best friend out here in LA. And I'm still, yeah. fr- she was she was one of the um, maid, maid of honors at my wedding. I think the biggest key to making, and this is probably going to be a question later on, but the biggest key to making friends is being open to making friends mm-hmm. and, and really being interested in the people that you're meeting. Being interested in other people, even if you don't have anything in common. Yeah. And that's the same with dating too, honestly. Like ask questions, be genuinely curious about other people because what will turn me off from dating someone or even becoming friends with someone is someone who just wants to talk about themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if someone's like genuinely like, hey, how are your cats? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. They're good. How are you? <laughs> like I love that. And you and maybe you don't you don't find something right off the bat that you that you relate to with that person, but the more questions you ask, then you find like, "Oh, you like that too. I do too." And you're like, and then before you know it, then you're, you know, yeah. you got something. I think Shane and I are a good example. We don't have a lot in common, but we mm-hmm. are friends. Yeah. And we can talk forever. Yeah. You mm. Well, I'm I'm just a man <laughs> of mystery. Nobody can crack this shell. <laughs> Are you talking Fools. to your therapist about that? Fools. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody can be my friend. <laughs> 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 
I'm a great I'm a great question asker on dates. But I but I also realize it, it is like I But ask you don't give enough information. No. You don't you give have any to be vulnerable. That's no, creepy. I do I do though. I do though, but I'm so interested Alexa in... asks me questions <laughs> sometimes. I'm so interested in the person that I'm that I'm with that I just keep wanting to ask them but questions. But they have to be interested in you, Ian. That's actually they really are, true. I right? ask Alexa a lot of questions and she's not in t- into me at all. Damn, See, that's a one sided relationship. Bitch. That's not that's um, abusive, Shane. You should I actually, but I actually, Ian, I do that same thing, like where I ask so many questions that I realize I'm not, Mm. I don't then feel connected because I'm not giving it. No, I mean, I like seeing, like when, whenever you bring up cars and stuff, like I don't like cars. I Uh hate everything about cars. Mm -hmm. But if you're genuinely passionate about it, I can get on board. You know what I mean? And that's what interests me about a person is like knowing what they're passionate about. I've gotten more comfortable with talking about, with talking about my passions with people. Because before it was like, it was like, I was just, I was just, uh, I was like, no, nah, people don't want to hear this shit. Like, this is, this is like lame to them. But then it's like, oh, okay, no, like, I'll, I'll talk about things that actually interest me. And then usually, usually they're interested to hear about it. Yeah, you're like but. a salesman. You find the best way to like, kind of pitch the thing you're excited about. Maybe that person's not excited about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And you don't know until you talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This advice changed. Uh, but surviving college, uh, that, um, I think also if you don't know instant ramen, (laughs) you know, if you don't know where to start with like that group of friends, like I remember in college, I was a part of like a, um, it wasn't party planning, but it was like events planning around the campus. So they do different parties here and there. Maybe it was like for Cinco de Mayo or like I put on a male pageant one time just for fun. Like you can be that, that's a nice way if that's like a strength of yours to just Mm. kind of meet new people. Oh, not instant ramen. Get an instant pot. Oh, that's how you can survive college. Allowed in college in dorms? Because it's like a pressure cooker. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed. Like I don't, I don't think crockpots were allowed in college. Oh, interesting. No, that's just a Wyoming thing. Um, (laughs) Just tell everyone it's a rice (laughs) cooker. Yeah, instant ramen, and also don't be afraid to change majors. (laughs) Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah, onto the actual education part of it. That's Uh, why I got a two-year degree because I was like, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do exactly, and then I was like, well, the two, the first two years are a wash. You're taking your requirements. You're taking English, you're taking math, you're taking science. It's just very blanket statement. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense to like have a major at that point. I think mine was very general, like communications. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so then when I went to a four year college, they were like, yep, you're good with all those prerequisites. Like (laughs) now start studying TV or whatever you want to do. So now start watching TV. That's what I did. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, this one. Uh, we started talking a little bit about relationships somehow, because that's how it always ends up. Because Shane and I are just, you know, everybody's looking for love. Very just, just hopeless, hopeless romantics. Are you, I, Shane? Are you guys romantic? Are you romantic? I don't know. Maybe. What's the most romantic thing you've done? I mean, you saw in my house too. I got a lot of candles. <laughs> And that's just that's even just for me. That's that's self romance there. Come on. That's great. What about Ian? What about you if you're willing yeah. to share? I don't know if it's appropriate for me to say. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I don't know if I wanna know more. Uh, okay, real talk. I actually I love flowers and I do love buying flowers for people. Aww. So when I'm dating someone, it's really a good excuse for me I to like be like, that. Oh hell yeah. Oh flowers were flowers were tough in my last relationship because of all the cats. And the cats Same. Would I eat never. Flowers. I don't ever want flowers. <laughs> <Sucks>. Cats. 
It sucks. So this this uh, wait, pers- is it real quick. What's the most the thing you didn't want to say? What's the most romantic thing you've ever well, done? Well, if you don't okay. want to say it, so I'll just say it and we can cut it out. He was like, I'll like hold it in her much. hands. If it's TMI, well, I feel like I told you guys because of the spelling bikini wax. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Was it a wax? That, is this romantic? I got, I got the full. I got the full on. That's uh, not romance. Got the full on bikini wax. Hey, I suffered. I suffered a lot for that. All right. Is this something she d- like asked for? She was. She was interested in it. So. But this doesn't That's seem. Not romance. This doesn't seem romantic? like romance. Oh my god, Ian! All right, let me think of another one. <laughs> Did you cook her a meal and then I cooked her I cooked her several meals. I do romantic meals. stuff all the no, time. Like... Sometimes I have sex with people and that is romantic. <laughs> Sometimes I show her my nipples and then she likes it. Well, jeez, guys. That's not romantic. What do you kid? mean it's not? I... Something like that's like you're creating an environment of, of romance and how much it's, you like, it's care for It's putting thought that. into making them feel really Special. cherished yeah like you're like oh look at all this thought i put into mm-hmm. this thing that mm-hmm. you care about or something that i know will. yeah and if she said that she likes her men like seals and then <laughs> i've listened to that i've fuck. taken that into consideration that's not and romantic I've, and i've this done is like that fuck boy ian right yeah, here like right? like the most romantic thing i i've done is sometimes i fuck really good <laughs> It has nothing to do with fucking good. I kiss her on the mouth while we're fucking. What, Ian? What? I'm very romantic. Sometimes I get hard. (laughs) It's got nothing to. It's like it's like uh, what's a romantic thing? It's like we're um, cutting this out. We're cutting this out. Let's just move on. We're cutting this out. Move on. All right. It's so funny. It's really good. Sorry, we're definitely giving you a hard time. I'm trying to think of like how much I suffered for that shit. All right. <laughs> I did too. I've done a wax too. I but I wouldn't say it's romantic. If showing someone your junk It's got nothing to do with showing the junk. <laughs> it's the principle. It's the I principle know. of her saying like Hey, I you know that would be nice, and then that's and like then more like sexual. I took I it think. into that's, that's more of like it's a sexual nothing thing, really not really do. romance. It's the it's the effort that was put into it. Okay. She didn't explicitly ask me to do it. Uh-huh. And then as a surprise, <laughs> I did it. I did do some other things during that was like a Valentine's Day thing. I okay. did some other things which I forget what they were. Okay. But that's I just remember that because that was. <laughs> I wish you would offhand say for. like the most romantic thing, like. Oh, and then I just like I just like one time out I, a, a treehouse and then like had a romantic. Like, one time I surprised her by taking to a concert of her favorite artist and. Uh huh. Kissed her in front of her, where our first date was. Yeah, yeah. I did that. No, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did like a scavenger hunt thing. That's oh, romantic. See that? what Why the did fuck? you start with? No, yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I did like a scavenger hunt thing, and there was like little, like little poems that, like, things that I like about Ian. Her. What the fuck? Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> now we have to keep some of now it. Now we in. can make fun of you for the other thing because, <laughs> yeah. God, what? what did that end with? It ended with some kind of really nice thing. I forget what it was, but it was the yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this person, uh, Sarah Jane, uh, asked, how do I trick a man into falling in love with me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very simple. You get four bay leaves and the finger of... No. Um, 
Hmm. How do you trick a man? To, you can't trick you can't, a man yeah, into falling in love with you. You don't trick someone into falling in love with you. That's the they thing. Gotta, they got to either be interested in you or not. Because if you are not being completely yourself, mm-hmm. eventually that facade will break down. And then you will not be the person that they had fallen in love with. For me, I think, and I always say this a lot to to people who are like, "What, what, you? When you're in a relationship, both sides have to feel compelled to do the next step. So if it's like, if you're in two different spots in your life, and and like, let's say, for example, the guy isn't, you know, committing to you all the way, or he he's not being romantic, or he he's not taking the next step. He's not feeling compelled to do it. You can never, ever, ever force him to do it. Yeah. That's why it's like whenever I hear about relationships, about women being like, when are you proposing? I'm waiting for the proposal. It's like he doesn't feel compelled to do it. We're sounding yeah. really like 90s advice radio, but... That's really what it is. And so it's like you are not on the same page. You're not on the same page and you're never going to be on the same page because that's the tricky thing about romantic relationships and trying to find a boyfriend or a husband or a wife or a girlfriend. You guys have to be on the same page. And it's like this this magical thing that has to be on the same level. And that's the thing is like Claudio was the first person. I had had many serious relationships before, but him and I were always on the same page. We were on the same page when we were very casually dating. We were on the same page when we wanted to be exclusive, but not boyfriend and girlfriend. On the same page about moving in together, like getting cats together. Like we were, we felt compelled to like level up together on Mm -hmm. each step. And I think a lot of people think, well, one day you'll wake up and you'll realize that I'm your wife. And it just, that's just never going to work. I don't think. I think this is... In my opinion. Yeah. I think this isn't even like... I'm guessing this person isn't even in a relationship with this person. I think they're there's somebody they're interested in that they want to fall in love with them. Yeah. So then ask them out. Because yeah. I asked Claudio out. Because he wasn't approaching me. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, how we got on the same level. <laughs> yeah. I think it's... Yeah. I think it comes down to you just got to make the effort and just put yourself out there as honestly and truthfully as you possibly can. And if they're interested, then great. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, then they're not interested in you. Mm-hmm. And then you just move on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think in the beginning stages, it's tough, especially as like a female, like you don't want to be labeled crazy or too emotional or too blah, blah, blah. Or I think you don't want to be labeled as all those different things in the beginning of a relationship in a new relationship. So, you know, girls always like put their best foot forward and, and then they like switch you know, the switch. I think it's like, it's a balance. It's just like if you're going to meet someone new that's your friend, you start on a good note. You want to talk about positive things in your life, what you're passionate about, what you're excited about. Then slowly as you're getting closer, you let them into like the real stuff, mm-hmm. what you're struggling with and what your fears are and stuff like that. Oh, I put I put that out right on, right on the first That's date. not great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of dying alone. How about you? What's your name? <laughs> yeah. Any I, tricks from the boys' perspective? I mean, I, I just think the big thing is is yeah, you 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 have to put it out there for that person to tell you yes or no if they're interested and if they're not really your best your best move then is to move on in some sort of capacity, mm-hmm. not necessarily to someone else, but just focus on other things. Like being so desperate, the reason I think it's unattractive is because, and we've all been there, mm-hmm. right? We've all been in that situation. But the reason it's unattractive is because you're someone who's not happy and confident 
in your own self, doing your own journey, you need someone else. And for anyone else, that's a lot of pressure. And that's also just like, oh, I, I want someone who's confident, who feels they deserve me. So I think, honestly, like, and, and if they say no, if they're not interested, use that that hurt and that pain that comes from it as motivation to focus on things in your own life. Mm-hmm. Focus on bettering yourself. Focus on getting the things that you want. Yeah, there's so much to life outside of dating. And I think our culture very much pressures us to believe that you have to be dating, that if you don't find someone that you're worthless, that you're not, you're wasting your life. It's just not true. Um, there's so much to life. Yeah, I uh, agree. It. I think it's RuPaul. It's like, uh, if you don't love yourself, then how the hell you mm-hmm. think anyone's going to love you? I think that's very true. Like, even if you don't love yourself because like you're not perfect or there's still parts of you that you want to improve, bless you, Kevin. I think you can you still need to like yourself because you're asking for someone to like you. You have to like yourself. And you have to have your own journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're trying to make your journey someone else's, if your journey is entirely focused around someone else, then you don't you aren't even a person mm-hmm. for that person to like. Yep. You have to have your own story, your own mm-hmm. character that they can be attracted to. There's nothing worse than we've all seen this with one of our friends at one point in time where the person isn't their own person. Mm-hmm. And then they get yeah. in a relationship and they just become this other thing for this other person. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not attractive. And it's not good for their relationship. No. Because I'm reading a book mm-hmm. called Mating in Captivity and it's about like <laughs> how um, sex is in marriage and, and relationships and stuff like that. And this one happy married couple, they have kids, they love each other very much, they stopped, like, being intimate with each other. And they were like, why? And it's because the wife gave up her friends, her life, her passions for him. And in order for sex and sexuality to work, you need to have an air of mystery. And you need to have an air of of uh, separateness mm-hmm. so that you're two people being intimate together. Mm-hmm. That's why I always have sex with a mask on. <laughs> That's pretty romantic. Zorro mask. It, and it, well, I keep it mixed up, so you never know uh, who I'm going to be. Maybe the I'm, Chuck E. Cheese mascot helmet. <laughs> Maybe I'm Jigsaw today. Oh, oh God. my God! Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's 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 really interesting, and I fucked up here. <laughs> no, it's it actually is. It's really true. But I also just think it's like, yeah, you have to be. A, you, you can only be attracted in another person. Yeah. But if that person's entire identity is you, then they don't feel like another no, person. No, there's no mystery. There's and no it's passion. Like, great. Cool. Yeah. You're just yeah. my shadow. You know what I mean? Like, and that, you, that's it's not also sexy. it's also an element of like you're not. You have to also be both challenging each other and inspiring each other and pushing each other forward. And if you become all about seeing that person's approval, then you're not challenging them. You're not pushing them at all. And they're not. It's just not going to be exciting. In the book, the um, therapist told the wife to move out of the house. So she moved out of the house, and they were on like a separation, but they weren't separated. They're still together. She moved out of the house. She started um, her, like, degree, her higher Mm -hmm. education degree. She started reconnecting with friends. And then, like, six months later, they moved back in together, and it was great. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I I think people are at their – I believe people are at their most attractive when they're very focused on something. Like, uh, I I, I think, like, I love when I see people – really honed in on a craft or something they're passionate mm-hmm. about. I'm like, that's when people are at their most attractive. So if if you're in a f- phase where you feel rejected or you're not, not worth something, 
focus on something that you're really passionate about and, and push yourself to get better at that thing. Yeah, or find it. Yeah, find, find that thing. Because yeah. you're talking about, yeah, she she started a degree. She started her own le- journey yeah. again yeah. that made her so much more attractive. It made her an individual. Mm-hmm. And she's more fulfilled, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just to how she was attracted. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. So let's say that, um, you know, that relationship didn't work out and then you're single. And uh, Tommy Mouse uh, asked, how do you know when you're ready to start dating again? Hmm. Hmm. I think that's entirely up to you. Uh, Up until it was like a year and a half ago, I was very much, I was in a relationship and then I was single and I was, I had this massive pressure on myself to date. And uh, it was very, very negative and inwardly toxic because if I wasn't, I viewed my worth based on just dating and mm, just relationships. Mm. And I had a therapist and I was, I was like, yeah, you know, my fear is like as I'm getting older and stuff, if I'm not dating, if it's I don't find that person, whatever, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be alone forever. And my therapist was just like, what's wrong with that? And I was just like, huh. What? Oh, and I think that was huge. And um I don't know. I think I'm still in that phase, and I I realize there's so much. I I I don't feel good enough about myself with how I am as a friend and building my friendships and my foundation. That I still want to work on. That I'm still figuring out so much that I'm just like it, it's more of just like oh, it's for me right now. It's just like ah, like it's not a big deal. Is more the phase I'm in, um, and also it's just for me. And this is just I, this changed to being about me, but. Uh, it's so busy. Like our mm-hmm. schedule is mm-hmm. nuts. Like a person, I think it was Finnerty was like, so are you dating anyone? I'm like, uh, no. And he's just like, oh, like, well, and I'm just like, ah. And then, and then we broke down our schedule for the next couple months. And I'm like, that's why I'm not dating anyone is because when the weekend comes, I lay down mm-hmm. and I sleep. But I just think don't put that pressure on yourself is, is my big, my big thought. Like focus on being a friend to people, focus on your interest in other people and, Maybe it's not about, oh, I'm ready to date. Maybe it's just you'll you'll meet someone. Like maybe that it'll be mm-hmm. as simple as that, mm-hmm. you know. But putting that pressure on yourself is a surefire way to never find anything. But I do think if they're asking that question, they they are interested yeah. in, in going out. So it's like I think like whatever if you if they just went through a heartbreak or something like that, give yourself time to process that um in a healthy way. But then, you know, luckily there are dating apps, so you can Mm -hmm. go out there and just go on and and be honest. I'm just here to meet people. Like, you don't have to, like, go and hook up with everyone. But, Mm -mm. you know, it it takes, especially if it's a long-term relationship, it takes some time to learn how to date again. And so I think, like, you can go on a date and just be casual about it. Like, go to happy hour and, and just... Talk with someone and and see if that's something you're interested in. But you don't have to pressure yourself again. I think I think you that makes me think of something though. Is also like when you're dating, there's a lot of talk about like how you're supposed to date and what you should do on a mm-hmm. first date and mm-hmm. whatever. I think it's important to know like you get to set your own rules mm-hmm. for what you're comfortable with on a date. And if someone disagrees with that, then great. You you know that that's not a person you're going to date more. You don't have to rush things. Mm. You don't like. You don't have to feel rushed. Know that it's like, hey, I'm going to go meet a new person. Yeah, they shouldn't have any expectations yeah. of anything extra. So yeah, I mean, the really the only rules the only rules that I kind of abide to on dates is just not drinking too much. Like that's yeah. that's really that's that, a safety thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's and it's smart. just like and plus like if I drink if I drink too much I don't remember everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's like wow, 
also you're just not completely yourself. Like I would just prefer to have all my mental faculties. So I, I don't usually exceed like two drinks if I'm on a date. Yeah. Um, that's smart. That's smart. All the other sort of like rules. And, yeah. I like, think like, oh, for every year you were dating a person, take a week off. Like you don't have to there's just some go with what you rules. want. Yeah. If you're just play, talking about rules, then you're playing games. Yeah. And then, then you're playing yourself. Because I, I think, <laughs> I think after, after my after my last breakup, I pro- <laughs> thumbnail <laughs> thumbnail. Shane's just given the you peace played sign. yourself. <laughs> Don't play yourself. I think after I think after my last breakup, I think I didn't go on a date for probably like eight months, something like that. Yeah, it was it was a Everyone's while. Everyone's got a different. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't know. It was like. Yeah, I just didn't feel like the drive to like, oh, I need to be in another relationship at this moment. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then you know, I I started, I went on a couple dates, and then I kind of like exclusively dated someone for like a month and a half, and I was like, oh, I'm not really feeling this. Mm. And it was like it was perfectly fine, but but I was like, yeah, I don't know, I could just kind of see like, I was like, the crazy thing was, I was like, yeah, I could probably be with that person for like a couple years, and then and then it wouldn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good. That's not a good thing. I know. <laughs> uh, it's very oh, this easy. could be. This could be mediocre I'm a, for a while. I'm a, very, into that. I'm a very like go with the flow kind of guy. Oh, yeah, so for it's like sure. and and yeah, I I re- I just really enjoy people. I, I think I've just become more and more of an extrovert. I've like gone the opposite of you. Like I, I feel like I was more of an introvert, and now I'm being like m- becoming more of an extrovert. Where I like I like being in the company of people and doing Aww. things with people and having experiences with people. But at the same point. I realized that, so I'm also trying to become more comfortable with just being, being myself and mm-hmm. being alone with myself and stuff. So it's been an interesting couple months. I feel like I'm ready to start dating again. I've been dating. I've been going on dates, but it's like, yeah, I go on. I go on a date. I put zero pressure on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just there to find out about the person. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, like. For me, yeah, for me, when I was like online dating, I'd I'd go on quite a bit of dates. I used to talk about that a lot. I'd go on a lot of online dates. But for me, it was because it was my extrovertedness. I just wanted to like find out. It was an interesting opportunity to find out about people I would never run into in real life. So Mm. I was just interested. I had never really talked to like a lawyer as Mm. a friend or like you know, some random other jobs. But it's like, I I think, especially in LA, like we only know industry people. We only know people that are in the digital space. And so it was, for me, it was fun to meet people outside of that bubble. And that's a cool thing about dating in a big city is there's just so many people from so many different backgrounds and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's exciting and it's good to get outside of that bubble of the sort of people you would normally just interact with. So when you, how do you know when you're ready to start dating again? You do you girl. Yeah. I think you're totally right, Shane. Like a lot of people are, do feel that pressure that you know their their worth is less uh, when they're single, right? Um, and and obviously, like we give you a lot of shit um, for for being single, and like give we give you a lot of shit for for not going on dates. But that's also because we just know how fucking cute you are, <laughs> well, and how and how you're like it's how such you're a just catch. you're just such a catch, Shane. Well, and also. It's dating is also one one last thing, just because like you both, both talk, we, extroversion is of course going to come up in this because America is a very extroverted culture, and dating is a very extroverted favoring process, uh, especially with things the advice of like confidence and like look them in the eyes and like you know all this stuff, and it's just like if you are an introvert and you're shy, it's gonna be 
so much harder, but mm-hmm. just don't hate yourself for that. I mm-hmm. still, and I won't even feel nervous, but I, my body just reacts in such an unfortunate way to dates <laughs> and pressure because I am so hypercritical of myself. And I know on a date, I'm like, oh, I'm being judged. Like that's, I can't help that I will be shaking. And I will have a hard time speaking sometimes. And I, I think I am sometimes afraid of dating because even if I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. I know logically all the nice things. I also know, oh, I'm about to, my body's about to go through this awful thing. Do you get that nervous with auditions? <laughs> no. What's weird? weird what, you know, you know, you want to, you want to hear That's the, you want to hear, thing. no, you want to hear the weirdest thing about me personally. I am at my least nervous and most comfortable with myself on camera. Off camera, I am so much less confident weird. myself. So much more nervous in every interaction, less sure about everything I say when I'm on camera doing try not to laugh or any or anything sketch even. That is when I'm fully comfortable with my body, with what I think, with everything I'm saying. Well, you just need to pretend that your date's um, for a video. <laughs> Honestly, if yeah. I if, if I had a date on a video, it'd be I'd it'd be. But it, the problem is Rico also that's suave. a different it's a different version of me too. Yeah. Like yeah. it's performance is what I feel comfortable doing um because i don't know then i just don't feel i don't, I don't know. think yeah i don't think you have to worry about being judged i think if you maybe if you put it on the other person like i said you're learn you're going yep. to meet another person to pick the other person's brain yep. then that'll take the pressure off of i you. had that same feeling like when i when i first started going on these on these dates with people that i had no clue who the heck they were and i found i was a lot less nervous when i was just like i'm just going to lose myself in them mm-hmm. like just just focus on them, not focus about myself. I'm snapping <laughs> to what you're saying. Yeah. But then you don't talk about yourself at all. No, I do. No, yeah. I do because it's yeah. like – because then I ask them a question. They, some, they say something about themselves and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Here's my opinion on that. Yep. Although, oh, my God. Like, my opinion that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> what Although, you're saying is I do dumb. Find, you can say I don't agree. I don't agree. The only, the only thing I will say is like a lot of times because I'm asking a lot of questions and I find something to relate on – I somehow like we somehow end up talking about like some bullshit about like China or something <laughs> how, for like 30 that's minutes. That's how it goes. And but it's like, yeah, I don't the know. The best conversations are the ones yeah. that go wherever the fuck. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. like my yeah, my last date, she was like, she's like, I'm I'm glad this is not just like surface level conversation. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Where'd you grow up? Like, yeah, that yeah. stuff is. is- it gets boring after. I wasn't a while. going to. Yeah, I don't ever go down like a checklist yeah. of like find out about What's them. What's your spirit animal? But it's like, can we just have a conversation? <laughs> that's that's the most important. Yeah, I agree. that's the most important thing for me. Well, this is this is a little similar, but it's not about dating. Perfectly Smosh asked, oh. "How do I get over my fear of approaching people and making a friend standpoint?" <sighs> that's actually so. I realized at a certain age that I had, as a teenager and everything, I had. And pop culture had made me focus so much on like, oh, getting a girlfriend that I realized as an adult that I was like, I I am not equipped to make friends that well. Like that's the thing. It, I feel like I am. I could go approach a, a guy f- to ask on a date to be to go up to someone and try to be friends with them. It just gives me a next level anxiety. <laughs> mm-hmm. Making friends is is really what's funny is it's actually easier Mm -hmm. than you'd think, but it's just not something we ever talk about. There's no articles on how to make friends necessarily. Like it's all geared on how to get a boyfriend, how to get a girlfriend. uh, And yet making friends in, in my opinion, especially like early on in life, I think it's, it's more crucial to happiness Mm -hmm. because friends Mm -hmm. can be a more permanent thing in your life. I agree. And also just being able to, to really connect with people on a regular basis 
is just so huge because you might go in and out of relationships your whole life, but the ability to constantly be connecting with people is going to always be crucial. I think you can use kind of the same theory I mentioned earlier with like meetups. I don't know if they're still cool in 2019, but kind of like that same kind of theory. If if you're into video games and playing video games then going to then, okay, and play boomer. no but I, <laughs> if you're into video like games a, I was and thinking the of games. like a barcade like go to a barcade right. and maybe you'll meet well, similar just, people you'll, like, yeah go to a forever 21 like go shopping or something I don't know <laughs> um well like I mean for all the uh, the majority of our office is introverts and a lot of them go and do like Dungeons and Dragons they yeah. go do LARPing and stuff like you find your crew and you find the things that you all want to do and you don't judge each other for it you go and do it but how do you strike up a conversation if we're just two people i'm like hey i want shane top to be my friend i think that's if making friends with strangers might be weird i think it's i think it's being in general having a mindset of being open Mm -hmm. to anyone you meet being like hey this person could be my friend if you're if you're immediately guarded and thinking oh no then Mm -hmm. you're not gonna make friends because you don't want to i think it's all about a vibe check honestly like uh i claudia and i went to ali wong uh like a month ago and we went to a bartender and we ordered drinks from him and the guy was like instantly cool and he was like around our age and everything like that and we were just chatting with him and by the end i was like can we get your number like you're really (laughs) cool and he gave us his number and like his handle and like him and claudio like text and we're like hey we're about to move like do you want to hang out sometime and he's like oh yeah for sure so i think it's like that initial vibe check is also very important and just being open and nice so that you can vibe check. I, i think it's also as an as a very introverted person who instinctively would always rather spend time alone it is about sometimes combating that and prioritizing social events and and realizing that there that you do actually on certain levels want that and want to go out and stuff cuz every weekend like uh, cuz we always work you know we have crazy work weeks and every weekend I'm like oh, I just want to like sit at home and watch TV or play video games but there's always there's always a social situation or if there's not I know that there's one that I could make and I'm like I should do that. I will mm-hmm. feel better if I prioritize that and, and you know, and it's uh, we go back to being interested in other people. You know? mm. I think it also helps to squat up because it's like whenever we are in a group like as Smosh and we're at parties and stuff, like people want to be a part. People are always like, who are you guys? Or like, you know, we'll go to karaoke together and people are like, you guys are fun. What are you, an mm. acting troupe or something yeah. like that? So it's like, I think it's always like power in numbers. And then like, if you guys are having fun, people will want to join in. And yeah, you yeah. Can, And you can see someone wanting to join in and be like, come on, come over, grab a drink or whatever. I think it's incredibly important to to find to find friends. I think... Strangely, like men having having male friends is also something that's that's like a close friend is something that people don't I think realize how how much of a problem it is like that that a lot of men don't have. Mm. I just looked it up this Bros. this uh, study that was done I think in the UK it says a YouGov survey of uh, for November asked men to say how many friends if any outside the home they would discuss a serious topic such as worries about money work health with uh, said just over half said two or fewer but one in eight overall said none Ooh. wow 
Yeah. So so that but equates to around 2.5 uh, million men across the UK. I think, and I think that's a lot of men just literally don't have that friend that they feel that close to, what men, male or female, um, well, to that, talk that yeah, stuff that, to. Yeah, that just plays into like the kind of the toxic masculinity yeah, of like being, be unafra- being afraid to be vulner- vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. But I think like... You know, you should be able to to break down those barriers if you do have a close friend, a guy friend as a guy mm-hmm. to be like, hey, can I I think I saw a tweet going viral like a couple days ago. And it was like someone had texted their friend was like, hey, I just really need to rant right now. So let me know if you have like the emotional capability to like let me rant with you. Which was, like, very nice. And I yeah. think that's, like, a great yeah. gateway, like, type of thing to open up those kinds of conversations. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's a lot of stigma around, like, a, you know, a guy being able to be vulnerable with, with a guy friend. There is. What'd you drop? I just kicked a water bottle over. There is. Top. And anyone who who promotes that that criticism of it is clearly just very uncomfortable with themselves. It's a learning process, too, because I've had a lot of male friends that – are afraid to like share their feelings, but you know, it's really about creating that safe space and being like, tell yeah. me what's going on. Like, just tell me. Uh, I mean, it's incredibly important to have somebody to confide in, especially if, especially if you're not in a, you know, relationship, you, you should absolutely know that there's, that there's somebody that wants to hear you out. Mm-hmm. I, I do think uh, it's so cliche, but I do really think the key thing is, is to really, it, it's, it can be a struggle sometimes. Cause I, I, I have to, I'm someone that if, if I'm like alone in my apartment, I can kind of forget about the world. Like I'll just be so honed in on a thing I'm anxious about or whatever that I completely forget about the entire network of people I love. And I think it's important to constantly every day, if you have to write it down, like what are, what do you love about the people in your life? Like mm-hmm. what, what is so great about them? What can you do to, to maybe brighten someone else's day? If you do that, if you work on that, once a week or something, you're giving love, and that's the best way to guarantee you're going to get something back. And it's the Beatles thing, the the what the love at the end of the, your life or something. The love you make is equal to the love you, oh, the love okay. you take is equal to the love you make. Mm-hmm. Something like that, and it's just it's just so true. I like agree. you really, it's the best way to guarantee if you're if you're desiring friends, if you're desiring people to love you, and you're not really cherishing the people around you, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Put it out in the universe. It'll come back. Definitely. I keep trying to find one that's like a little bit like happier before I get to a really dark one. <laughs> um, well, let's let how th- to kill a man. Do you guys have any advice that you need? You need how to you kill need, a I'm man. I'm trying to think if I if I. Um, well, this person said um, this one's real quick. This one will just probably just need a one word response. Uh, at Squishy Damien. Uh, <laughs> there. We had oh, a conversation. We had a conversation handles. beforehand that I, I was saying, Damien handles on Twitter are the most insane. They are Squishy always they're Damien. they're always just they're just the weirdest ones. Uh, Squishy it Damien makes me look at him differently each time I hear a new handle. Uh, yeah, I wonder if Damien would like that handle. <laughs> I don't think he would. Squishy Damien. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Squishy Damien uh, said, my long-term boyfriend broke up with me over the phone mm. and I still love him dearly, but I doubt he spares a thought for me. Fuck. Uh, he was my best friend. Should I message him as a friend? I miss him so much. And I think we can all just get, say one, two, three. No. no. Cherish that memory, the memories you had together, cherish the relationship, and then close that chapter in your book. He didn't feel compelled. 
Mm-hmm. So you need to walk away. Yeah. Phone breakup's rough, man. But That's really tough. I, bro- I broke up with my last serious boyfriend. Well, he broke up with me. It was a mutual. It was kind of mutual hmm. um, over the phone before Claudio. And um, it was rough because he was my best friend. And it was a very long relationship. And I care for him de- deeply still. And, um, yeah, it's just I look back at my time with him very fondly. And it does make me sad a little bit to say that that ended the way it did. But that's life. And I am better for it because I was able to close that chapter and now I have a new chapter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even if you guys were, you know, he was your best friend. I mean, not everyone can can continue being friends with their exes. And Mm -mm. most of the time they can't. Uh, so, and there's a billion other people in the world. You can get a new best friend. You can get a yeah. new boyfriend. You can get new friends. It's, yeah, it's po- it's possible. So I think I think that's just a big old heckin' no, unless unless you know later down the road he wants to reach out as a friend and you're okay with that. But you know, be careful. Yeah, be real messy. careful. You know, if you ever do feel compelled to text or message, then do something that Shane said. Try to focus on yourself. Find a new hobby. Mm-hmm hone a craft do something like that yeah yeah Yeah. but that sounds that that sounds ugly that it takes a lot it takes a lot of balls to write that though yeah um because i mean i mean a lot of us have been there Mm -hmm. so i think that's that that takes a lot of courage to write that so best of luck with that dang man it hurts it hurts squishy damien squishy damien (laughs) squishy damien (laughs) i can't imagine dating somebody that would have like a stan name of somebody else <laughs> like like if i if i found out that like the person i was dating had like but a handle like of like impossible to find that ryan Philippi's massive dung or something <laughs> our next question comes from soft supple damien uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it just damien under all of these yeah, yeah damien just has a bunch and he's just like hey i'm trying to figure this out <laughs> this has been a very intense podcast but i think i would just say totally biasly that this is great advice we're giving. I think I feel confident about the advice we're giving. I think it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I'll step. I'll step away from relationships for one second. Uh, this one, uh, it's not a Damien uh, tag. Oh shit! Uh, it's a uh, KYX Gray uh, asked. I keep wanting to give up on my art. Any advice on how to stop thinking everything I make is horrible? <laughs> um, well, this, you've just about explained almost every artist that has ever existed. Yes. It's a very common thing called imposter syndrome, where no matter how good your stuff is, you, you feel like everything you do, you haven't earned it, and that whatever you're doing is bad. A lot of people feel this way. What mm-hmm. do you guys, how do you guys feel about it? I feel the exact same way. And uh, looking back at when I was younger, I was so focused on, cause, cause uh, was it Ira Glass? He had, the, he has this great video, um, the sound clip about how when you're a creative person, you have a level of taste. So you have very good taste when you're a creative person. However, your level of talent very rarely matches up to your level of taste. And so you constantly have this feeling in your gut that nothing you ever do is good enough. But switch it on its other side, your taste is what makes you special. And that's what makes you a creative. So it's it, you got to... Self-doubt is just a part of life, and and especially if you're a creative, you got to kind of balance it out. So obviously, I wish I had told my younger self 
not everything you make has to be perfect. Just put it out there because by just putting it out there, you're able to look at it and be like, what can I improve for the next time? Also, art is a craft and you're not going to be the next, you know, Da Vinci. I mean, go to anyone's like deviant art or something and then just scroll back to their old stuff. Like anybody that you thought was good had to start somewhere and as you go, you'll pick up new techniques. Hey, you might even change your whole style. You might exactly. you might be like, oh, I'm not good with with uh, with uh, watercolor, and you find that you're great with charcoal mm-hmm. or something like that. You also don't get to see the first drafts of things that you are seeing out in public. You know, you are seeing the refined finished version of whatever and most things are and end up being collaborative efforts Mm -hmm. so it's not like you know every uh, most authors have an editor who helps them with all their stuff like they gets every movie is made by a million people you know you can't go oh i'm not doing this perfectly on my own it's like well not many people do Mm -hmm. and uh and that's such a good point about taste because i hadn't thought about that about how like you know i want to write stuff i want to make things but i also love like watching or reading the things that are getting the best reviews yeah yeah so i'm seeing what is critically the best thing right now mm-hmm. and going oh i'm not making that yeah it's like well yeah it, one person they out of did that for the billions time. of people yeah. happened to strike gold in a way because how many people make that incredible thing and then their next thing isn't you know it's it's there's a luck element but i think the biggest thing is focusing on the fact that you do it because you enjoy it mm-hmm. and finding that joy and meditative fun in it. I think also too along the same lines of like changing your art medium, maybe it's something that you're you're not good at. Like and you can just like kind of like when I said I quit acting and quit hosting and stuff like that. Like I realized like yeah, I really enjoyed it, but also I got so frustrated that I was like my talent wasn't where I wanted it to be that I actually wasn't having fun anymore, so I stepped away and found passions in something mm-hmm. else. I think a similar advice chain to what we said earlier is like you don't have to fall in love with someone you'd be dating. You also don't have to be the most successful or like kill it in the thing you that you're passionate about. You don't have to make a name for yourself in any sort of way because honestly, that doesn't bring happiness. Like that's an endless cycle cuz you know with acting for me like coming out here I had nothing and I was like, "Oh man, if I can just get this job, then I'll feel better." And it's it's an endless climb and I mm-hmm. find myself feeling the exact same way now than I as I did when I first started with nothing mm-hmm. on my resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, another another good quote about art, good artists copy, great artists steal. So, <laughs> no, it's like it's real though. Like, I mean, nobody nobody starts off amazing and it's it's great to learn from other from other artists, whether you're in film or you do ceramics or you're doing watercolor, like it, you can learn from people that have been in that business longer than you, learn their techniques, you know, don't copy them, don't copy exactly what they're doing, but copy their techniques, mm-hmm. figure out how to improve your craft based off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what it's what the filmmaking business has has completely built itself on. Yeah, it's it's why you go back, or it's like why I go back and watch The Godfather. I'm like Jesus Christ, this is boring, and that's because everyone's taken all the great things of The Godfather and they've made better movies out of it, in my opinion. Uh, like, so yeah, like Chappie, exactly, Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's but, the most random movie, but I'd say just just keep at it. Believe in yourself, like it. You know, 
it's find the enjoyment in it. Like I, find you what really, you enjoy out of it, and like really like simmer that down to what you want out of it. Yeah, and like be okay with knowing that it, except that it might be crap, yeah. and that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That it's okay. Smosh Squad asked, "I'm about to move 18 hours away from my family for a job opportunity after 22 years of being super close to my family here. How do you deal with living away from family, and do you have any tips on how to be less homesick?" Mm. That's yes. tough. I have a lot because that yeah. pretty much describes me in a nutshell. I I think I've moved 15 or 16 times in my entire life, and the last eight have been away from my family. And I was very close. I am very close with my family. It's it's tough. Um, same with Claudio. He his family's in Italy, so I think keeping in touch with your family as much as possible is is important. Luckily, like Facebook Messenger and FaceTime and all this stuff, like that's how I kind of keep up with my family daily. But most importantly, because you are moving for the job and that's kind of like all you have in your new town, you have to create a life for yourself. This is your opportunity in a new city, in a new place, in a new job to really decide what you want out of life and what you want to do. And so you can't just go to your job and come back home. You just can't do that. you got to create a life for yourself there. So how did I usually do that? It's the same theory as the college stuff. I joined an improv group. I would go meet people out. In, in, and so once you have friends and a community there in your new city, you will be like, oh, yeah, you'll feel more fulfilled and you'll, it'll feel more like your new home. Mm-hmm. And then obviously keeping in touch with your family and visiting them uh, once or twice a year is usually what I do. But for me, that's the biggest piece of advice is I've seen so many people, so many of my friends move to a new spot and they just go to work and they just go home and then they feel awful and depressed all the time because they don't have a life. So you got to create a life for yourself out there. Yeah, it's also, it's so easy to keep in touch with people now. Like there, there's rarely a day where I'm not texting some family member. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's really big though, creating creating your own life where you have to be. Because yeah, I knew somebody that, that was from Sacramento. They came up down here for a really great job, paid really well, but he, he did nothing but, but work and he didn't really form a community down here and he burnt out after a year and went back home. Exactly, you so, get lonely. Yeah. Shy Greenbean asked, uh, do you have any fashion tips for someone who's not too confident with themselves? Ooh. 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 Oh, you're looking at me? Um, well, I think I feel like you and I are gonna have different fashion advice because <laughs> I feel like- Loud colors, Get uh, go to the store, all the loud colors, put them on your body and then say yes. No. <laughs> say yes. <laughs> I think so much of it comes, I think so much of it just comes to comes down to confidence it like does. like i am a big fan of japan and then while i was there i was like oh this like this silly like japan like bomber jacket it's like represents me because i'm like a big fan of all things japan and mm-hmm. and like now it's like a piece that i can like always remember my time there and it's a conversation piece because people are like, well, where'd you get that? I was like, Japan. And then they're like, oh, tell me about Japan. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'll tell you about Japan. So it's like, you know, things that like sometimes you can have like a conversation piece kind of thing, something that you're excited about. If if you like Amanese, then you can get (laughs) Amanese shirt, you know, like I think I think don't go with the trends. Because for me, I I'm self conscious about my body, and I don't I don't always feel like I'm like you know rocking the full tight ten body that I need to be or that I want to be. You know what I mean? Like I I 
I'm not going to be following the trends just because they're trendy. And a lot, and I remember in high school, like what used to be really cool is like the low rise American Eagle and like Ugh. tight shirt yeah. and, and Birkenstocks. And like I wore that stuff and I hated it because it just didn't fit my body at all all and luckily now like I'm so jealous of people in high school now because everything's cool like even loungewear is cool like the style is really dope right now so find what makes you feel comfortable if you don't I don't like tight stuff around my stomach if we're gonna get really like minute I don't like tight things around my stomach so I just wear loose loose shirts loose hoodies loose dresses like that's what I find and for me my style is very ambiguous in a way of like some days I'll look like a business bitch and then some days I look like I just rolled out of bed like today so (laughs) but a full face of glam so I think it's finding what you like on your body first what clothes you like on your body and then what colors like honestly bring you joy like Mm -hmm. really Marie Kondo it like I love rainbows I love bright clothes sometimes I like tie-dye sometimes I like black so finding those things um, once you find the fit you like then finding the the outfit you like. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it comes down to whatever you feel confident in. That's the most important thing. For me, a big thing was a couple of years ago, I, I like did a lot of research on it because I didn't know much about fashion or style or anything. And I was just like, what what is, what's the deal with it? Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about just like the basic foundations of men's fashion. And it was really interesting to me. And like getting, having like a lot of those those foundation pieces really helped then for me to like, bring out the, the crazy things I wanted to do. And, like, it came down to just, like, oh, a really good pair of, uh, of uh, blue jeans, some, like, basic classic sneakers, some white T-shirts, like, and then I could go crazy from there. Yeah. But I do think it's actually fun. I, I think fashion, there you know, there's ridiculous sides to fashion, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of cool innate things to it. I will say, like, if... If you're, you know, on a tight budget, like basics are so important because if you get, if you get some sort of, if you spend a bunch of money on some crazy like design thing that really stands out and then you're like, shit, now I only have that. And it's going to be so obvious when I wear it every single week. Mm -hmm. So basics are really great because nobody really pays attention to how often you might be wearing a black shirt or something. Like I think basic stuff is so cool. That's the problem with my outfits is like, they're all so ridiculous that I actually don't have like plain black pants to like go with my things. But, um, I think like, you know, quality, getting those quality staple pieces, as boring as that sounds, is really important. And, like, luckily there's, like, TJ Maxx and Marshalls that have really good name brand quality yeah, stuff man. for, like, hella cheap. You can you can get some dope clothing for cheap. Thrifting is mm-hmm. the way I to love go, thrifting. man. I love me some Uniqlo. Uniqlo's great, too. And that's pretty, that's pretty available in the U.S. now. They're kind of all over And now. you guys, people have online shopping. I mean, I know uh, sizing's a, an issue, but yeah. I was just talking about a couple weeks ago, prom. When I went to prom, the internet really wasn't, like, popping like it is now. Mm-hmm. And I, I just had to go to the one store in the mall and get, like, a dress out of, like, the mm. 30 that were on the rack. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No bueno. Uh, coming up, uh, we got two more. Uh, this one, this is the one that I've been that I've been kind of holding on because. Uh, so okay, at shout twenty three asked, how do I comfort someone who's suffered a loss? Ooh. Yeah, that is heavy. That's always really tough for me because when you know when when somebody loses some someone, you're you're always like the common reaction to say like I'm sorry, I'm sorry for your loss, but it's like can't really. You can't do anything that would obviously bring yeah. that person back. 
But I think the most important part, in my opinion, is just to just to say like, hey, if you need to ever talk to me ever, mm-hmm. like here's my number. Call me anytime. Like, I think the most important thing is just to be there for them. Letting them know that you're there for them. I think you can let them know, but I think also it's important to, like, gauge the friendship. Because if that was coming from someone that I'm not particularly close with, I'm like, oh, thank you very much. But, like, I think also in times of of trying to, to help someone when they're not feeling well is like making that an, an available option for them. But I think also like being able to support them without necessarily nailing that thing on the, on the nose. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know what I mean? Like uh, I know someone that just went through a loss recently and, and they were kind of like, Hey, you know, we're saying this, but like you don't have to always say you're going to be there for me. You don't always have to text. You don't have to, because we just kind of want to like move on. You know what I mean? So I think it's like, I think it's important to be supportive, but also like when you can, like real. I know it's touchy, like really reading that person. Well, I think it's, it's about letting them know that, but then kind of backing off. Yeah. Because I think some people can be very like forceful about like, hey, you doing it like, yeah. and, and then some, because some people react differently where they're like, I, I don't want to talk about this at all. And mm-hmm. if that's their mm-hmm. wish, then you have to, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's tough. I think that's, I think I totally agree with that. Like just, just read, read the room. Like if, if you're really close to this person, just, just, I think, cause everyone, everyone deals with loss a little differently. And I think, I think it's important just, just to have that sort of reach out be like, yeah. be like, Hey, like, I don't want to be the 500th person to send you a text, be like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like this happened to you. Cause that's also like a, that's tough. a little bit of a dagger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think also like, don't be afraid, you know, you know that person, but it's like, Hey, you're going through something. You want to go like, let's go get pho. <laughs> like, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Do you want some ice cream? Like trying to, uh, you know, help them go through something in, in their way. Let them know that you're there for them, but then maybe also being a light and sharing that love. Yeah. Continue them. being a, the friend that you are to mm-hmm. them, you know, mm-hmm. like. And it, I think it's important too, to, cause I was just talking to Claudio about this. Like you learn a lot about a person on how they react to someone grieving. So like if Ian, you were grieving how I react, you're going to learn a lot about me, how I react to your grieving. And so I think it's like you'll you'll really see if you're the person grieving, you'll really see who your friends are. You'll really see who the people are that are there for you because they will know how to react and they will be there to support you. You'll really learn who your support system is. I also think uh, when it comes to if, if that person is actually talking to you about just anything, just listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, a thing I regret the most, and I I still do it a lot, and I hate myself every time I do it, is honestly giving any sort of advice in those situations. Yeah. It's just never. Yeah. It's ne- even if it is the correct advice, the best thing you can be doing is listening. That's always that's always been the thing for me because like I I haven't experienced a lot of loss in my mm-hmm. life, so I know that my my experience is going to be completely useless to them. So it's like, so I'm like, I'm like, hey, like, I love you. If you're struggling and you need to talk, if you want to talk, like, I'm here. But I, I always just leave it at that because it's like, hey, you know, I love you. Like, I think that's the most important thing. And for me, like, when I'm grieving and going through a lot, like, sometimes it is just a shoulder to cry on. Like, I just need a mm-hmm. hug and I just need to cry it out and I just need someone there to, like, you know, 
Take you care of me. It, you and, just need to let feelings yeah, out. Yeah, and then say, you want. do you want some Korean soup? And I'm like, yes, I want some Korean soup. And then that's how I feel better. Mm. So I, I think it's really, you know, learning how, how you can support yeah. that person in the way that they need supported. Just listen. Yeah. yeah. But don't, you don't have to be the person to give them the advice that, no, that no, fixes no. them. Like, just... Just listen. And a lot of times it just takes time. Yeah. When it's a loss, when it's like when my grandmother's passed away, like it's just time and it still hurts and it still sucks. Like years later, it mm-hmm. still sucks. And I still cry about it every so often. It's just it just takes time and it it, it you got to give it its moment. Well, because a lot of people going through something, they logically know the reality of the situation and what they should be doing or what, what's actually going on. It, it's just sometimes those feelings are just there. Emotional. No, you logically can't just get rid of, you can't go, oh, well this, you know what, it's actually a good thing and they're in a better place now or whatever. And you're going, oh, and now I don't feel bad. Now I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> it's oh like, man. It's like, no, you're just going to feel bad yeah. for a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. God, I can't, the fucking gall on some people, like, if you're not a religious person and somebody says like, well, you know, God had a plan mm-hmm. and it's like, you want to get punched right now? It's like, also, it's well, that's re- like knowing your audience. Yeah. Knowing regardless audience. regardless of what you believe, it just, it yeah. just sucks. Like yeah. it sucks on so many levels. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's end it on a, on a slightly lighter note. Okay. Um, this, this one would also just need a, a one word uh, response, I think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Shy Green Bean, I know there, there's a lot of you guys that ask questions. I'm sorry that, that we got two from her. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I guess she just asked good questions. Shy Green Bean uh, said, I've been throwing around an idea of getting some sort of smosh tattoo for a couple years, and it's something I want to get, but I just don't know what it should be. Any suggestions or ideas? Um, so first off, let's begin with this one word. Um, uh, one, two, three. No. no. Uh, <laughs> That's very that's very nice and and I I totally get it. That's I'm I'm A few honored. people have done it. Yeah, a few people have done Someone it. Someone got I helped t- tattooed on them. Oh, that's right. In yeah. Comic Sans. Yeah. Amazing. Which is which is <laughs> it's it's really awesome. I really I'm like honored. Like obviously I love the support, but I I'm thinking I'm thinking about you guys longevity wise. <laughs> and I wouldn't suggest Grandma, it. Grandma, what's that tattoo? <laughs> but I think it's Chip's ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of Chip's From ghost. Smosh. But I think the thing is, like, so she's asking any suggestions or ideas, and we kind of talked about this a uh, little bit before, where it's like, oh, maybe, maybe something that's like a reference. Like, if you're gonna get a Smosh tattoo. Maybe don't do like a thing that says smosh yeah. or yeah. get like or, my face tattooed yeah. on your face. But if you get <laughs> if you get chips ghost, if you get chips ghost on you, that's that's but pretty legit. What if it was like a cool yeah? What if it was like a cool like artistic version of chips ghost? I think you're if if that's something that you really want to do. I don't have any tattoos because I cannot. That commitment just mm-hmm. scares me. But I think if you like well, like we said earlier, like if you could find a way to like. A no- find a nod to Smosh that's very yeah. meaningful to you. Look at ta- yeah, we can't. You, if you want to get a tattoo, you can get a tattoo. That's I mean, tattoos fully are right. They're very personal, and everybody gets tattoos for different reasons. Whether it's they want to remember this moment they were in, or if it just means something to them. So, I mean, if 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 you really feel like getting a, a Smosh tattoo, that's completely on you. Don't get it on your face. Don't get it on your neck. That's one thing. Yeah. That's don't, blanket. Don't advice. put it on your face. Yeah. Please. That's gonna that's over. 
You don't. You won't get a job. You won't even get a job at Smosh with a face tattoo of Smosh. No, no. That's that's too much. Smosh right across the forehead. Oh my god. So did I get it? Uh, sorry. <laughs> It'd be great if they ended up on a different YouTube channel. Uh, they, yeah. If they worked for like they the joined Phase Clan. Bros. Yeah, the Phase Clan. Phase <laughs> Clan got Smosh tattooed on their face. That'd be awesome. Okay, that's yeah. a, that's a I'd be down for that. That's, that's incredible. That's good promotion. Yeah, I I I'd say it's it's completely up to you. But I am not I'm not pressuring you or anyone to get a Smosh tattoo. Thank you so much for the people that did. That's very nice of you. But um, it's it's a very personal thing, and mm-hmm. you have to know that for the most part, it is permanent forever for the rest of your life, unless you want to spend a lot of money and go through a lot of pain to get it removed uh, or later, or covered up, or something, or covered up. Do you have any tattoos? I do not. Shane, do you? I don't. Oh my god, we're the non-tattooed Dude, people. What? Yeah, everyone I mean, else in this room has tattoos, right? Oh, Kevin, oh, Kevin doesn't. doesn't either. Wow. Ryan, Ryan's got enough for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ryan wearing like the J. Crew sweater and, yeah, and covering and, up all his tats. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he works here because he doesn't have any face or neck tats. Look That's at right. that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, his tats were visible when he first started working with us. I think I don't know. I know, but not right now. It doesn't matter. Tattoos don't. Profit. Tattoos don't bother me, and 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 I'm completely. I'm open to getting a tattoo, but there's nothing. Like I think same. I'm in the yeah. same exact boat. The idea of having tattoos is something I'm like, oh, that'd be dope. I have. There's nothing that I'm like, oh, that image or word is so important to me that I have to have it on my body. Yeah. I'd like to get like my cats tattooed, but I think after they die, I'd be really depressed. So see, I'm not. See, I've actually the tattoo. I was <laughs> if I had if someone said if someone pointed a gun at my head and said you have to get a tattoo, I'd be like, for one, I'd be like, weird. This is a this weird. This is weird. This is why I don't hang out. Damien, why are you night. doing? Uh, Damien, why are you doing this? But actually is is like a silhouette or some sort of, of tattoo of my childhood dog because he still he still plays such a huge part in like like I think about him all the time that mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, if I'm still thinking about him eight years after he's been gone, then maybe I'll get a tattoo of that. That's really I adorable. think I would get sparrow birds, but for no good reason. No, no. Only if that no person. sparrows. Yeah, I like them. I've always liked them. Oh, I don't man. care if they're trendy. I'm Aquarius. <laughs> I'll do what I want. Uh, what if I just get all of Dwayne The Rock Johnson's tattoos? Please. In, in, like in, in the exact same spots oh and God. everything. Would you please? That's so creepy. I think it's it's kind of racist, though, because I think he has <laughs> tattoos that are like very like oh, specific to- Oh, cultural appropriation. Yeah, where he's from and everything. Bit. So it'd be a little cultural fucked up. Cultural appropriation of The Rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, tattoos. Um, yeah. Up to know, you. It's up to you, uh, but but guys, we're, we're coming up on our time. Uh, this has been this has been a really fun. I like the advice, Cass. I, I hope that we're we've we've helped some of you guys, or at least you know, um, given you sort of an avenue to go down. Uh, that that helps. Yeah, and I think if uh, let us know on Twitter if if you want more of these episodes, they're they're fun to do. It's kind of fun to like jump around from topic to topic. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, thank you, Sarah and Shane, thank for you. coming on. And thank you guys so much for watching. Oh yeah, we still have some tickets going going for sale on the tour, um, Smosh.tour. Uh, I think Sacramento and a couple other places uh, are still, I think we sold out in, uh, was it Seattle? Seattle's close, San Diego sold out, Sacramento, Portland, Phoenix. Yeah. Tickets available. All right, well, if you're in any of those areas, Grab yourself a ticket. Um, Smash that store. They got some litty clothes. 
that um, that would look great on you. Yeah, if you're not yet subscribed to the Smoshcast, please do so. Rate us five stars on the Apple Store so people know that we're not total garbage. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.